Everybody's looking forward to Nico's first start in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. But what are realistic expectations for Nico in his first game? I'm going to tell you here on a Friday, Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Friday morning, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Vols. It is your team every single day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to everydayers for making this uh, a part of your morning routine. Can't thank you enough for that. Uh, we've reached the end of the week, right? It's Friday, and we're going to have the weekend. And then at 1 o'clock on, on uh, not Sunday, on Monday, it's football time in Florida. It's football time in the Sunshine State for Tennessee, who will be taking on Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. So, you know, bowl games are kind of unique, right? The end of the regular season starts. Now you got the wacky season of transfer portal, early signing period, COVID seniors uh, deciding if they're going to come back to school or not. There's a lot of roster management, and we often kind of put the bowl game on the back burner. And then you have Christmas, and then it really just sneaks up on you, right? So just a couple more nights sleep, and then it's Tennessee and it's Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. And of course, We'll give a full preview of what that game is going to be on Monday's show. But um, here on today's show, it's really fun because we're going to talk about expectations for Nico. They're going to be through the roof no matter what. But I'm going to try to not channel those expectations, but what should we expect to see? Let's just have a conversation about it here in segment one from Nico. Segment number two, what are they saying about Nico? Nico himself, I I, I kind of spliced together some cut-ups when he met with the media on Thursday. Uh, you're going to hear from Nico himself and then what some of his teammates are saying about him. And then in segment number three, the Iowa on three side put together a nice little thing where they compared each starter for each team and where they ranked as recruits coming out of high school. I thought that'd be interesting here to kind of end a Friday's show. So with that being said, let's kind of dive into it. What should these expectations be for Nico? Again, number one player in the country, according to on three, five-star rated prospect, $8 million man, reportedly, you know, NIL, Mr. NIL, all that and more. So everybody's been super stoked to see what Nico is. I mean, let's, you know, no ifs, ands, buts about it. The most popular guy on any football team is always the backup quarterback. It just only magnifies when you're a five-star prospect, when you're considered the number one player in the cycle, according to one publication, that being on three. And, you know, when everybody knows that there's an investment made in this player, and that is Nico. So fans are wanting to sit here and say, well, you know, let's see him play. Let's see him play. Why, why do we have to have a, a, you know, a bridge gap here with Joe Milton, especially when Joe Milton was struggling, you know, everybody was saying, well, it's Nico Thomas, Nico Thomas, Nico time. Well, now it is. And so when Nico gets in there and gets in that football game, what will those expectations be? What should we be assuming that he's going to do? Joe Milton's kind of different, right? He, he had the starting job in 2021, came in, played a couple of games and, you know, got hurts, didn't really light up the world or whatever, then Hendon Hooker took off. Hendon Hooker finished the 21 season, you know, played 2022, then Hendon Hooker got hurt. Joe Milton came in, played the Vanderbilt, finished the South Carolina game, played the Vanderbilt game, and then he started the Orange Bowl. And so, yeah, sure, we had already seen Joe. We knew enough about Joe, but there was still some kind of intrigue there. Like, well, if conditions are fine and there's not sideways rain like there was at Vanderbilt, you know, is Joe Milton's touch on the football any better consistently? Does he look any different in a game where it's not a blowout or you're coming in and mop-up duty? And Joe Milton came in and he finished that Clemson game in the Orange Bowl last year, this time last year, 
completing 19 to 28 passes, 251 yards, and three touchdowns. Two touchdowns on a rope to the back of the end zone, one to Brew McCoy, one to Squirrel White, and of course it was a 46-yard bomb down the far sideline uh, to Ramel Keaton, and, and it looked really good. You know, I thought Joe played solid. I thought Joe was really good um, in that game. But it kind of set the scene forward, kind of moved the needle in terms of, oh, Joe's going to be a Heisman-type guy. Joe's going to be this guy. And you had all offseason to kind of simmer about that. And so we were really anticipating what Joe would look like in the Orange Bowl, and he produced, you know, pretty well. Pretty well, uh, you know, pretty well indeed. And so when I look back at Tennessee history, um, you know, there's only four true freshman quarterbacks in Tennessee history that have started bowl games before. Now, I can't tell you if any of these starts were start number one for these quarterbacks. I, I don't know that. But for reference, Nico Iamaliav is going to be the fourth ball true freshman quarterback to start a bowl game. Tyler Bray did it in the 2010 Music City Bowl. We remember that. That was certainly not his first start. Uh, but that was against North Carolina. Tennessee lost by three points, 30-27. to 27. He had a phenomenal game. Sure, he had three interceptions, and you want those back, but he threw four touchdowns. He threw for 312 yards and was 27 to 45. So when I say phenomenal, phenomenal, maybe we kind of tread that back a little bit. Did turn it over three times, but threw for four touchdowns. I mean, they were they they were letting him rip it. You know, you know, as, as Joey Halsey would say, let it rip. They were letting him rip it. So that was Tyler Bray in the Music City Bowl. Casey Clawson in the 2001 Cotton Bowl against Kansas State, where Tennessee lost 35 to 21. He did not have a good game. 7 of 25 on the on the day, 120 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Obviously Casey Clawson went on to have a fantastic career for Tennessee, uh, but it is his first bowl game start as a true freshman, 7 of 25, 120 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Peyton Manning was the other. Of course we know Peyton Manning didn't start the entirety of his freshman year, but he started the 1994 Gator Bowl against Virginia Tech, where Tennessee won 35-10. to Manning wasn't asked to do an awful lot, completed 12-19 passes for 189 yards, no interceptions, and one touchdown. So pretty good company there, right? If Nico continues on and Nico goes out and plays, you know, the next couple of years here at Tennessee, after starting a bowl game as a true freshman, becoming only the fourth quarterback in Tennessee history ever to do that, you be mentioned, if you're mentioning the names of Casey Clawson, Peyton Manning, and Tyler Bray as a quarterback at Tennessee, you're in pretty good company. That's uh, that's not too shabby, if I do say so myself. So what should we expect? You know, for Nico, you don't want to see any turnovers, right? He's a freshman. You're going to hear from him here in just a moment. He's going to say something like, you know, I hope I don't make any mistakes, but if I do, it's just got to be next play, next play, next play. You know, Nico's going to make some mistakes, and that's part of it. Does he make the same mistake two times? Three times. That's what I'm curious. Do you make a wrong read? Okay, you move on. Do you make that same wrong read again? Um, I don't know. You know, we'll see. We haven't seen Nico play for an extended period of time ever. He's not played in the first half of a football game all year long. He's taken just 52 offensive snaps all year long, and he's only played in four games. He hadn't played in the first half. I mean, so so we're truly going to see kind of what he looks like. Will Nico throw for over 200 yards? Will Nico lead three or four touchdown drives? Remember, this defense for Iowa is good. And we're gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna we're gonna talk extensively about it on Monday, getting you ready for the for the uh for the Citrus Bowl. I know a lot of people are saying, well, look at the offenses they face. Look at the offenses they face. I hear you, 
But when you allow 66 rushing yards to Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game, that's not bad. When you allow 13.6 points per game throughout the course of a season, that's not bad. So my point is, if Nico doesn't lead a Tennessee offense that scores 35 points or 42 points or 55 points, you know, what, what do those points look like in him? If Tennessee wins 17 to 12, I don't think Tennessee needs to score an awful lot to win this football game because I think Iowa is so bad offensively, just so bad offensively that Tennessee is going to be able to kind of get by and, and maybe not play its best game offensively, but just outscore the opponent in a low scoring game. Um, how much is that going to be? I don't know. If Nico comes out there and throws for three touchdowns, throws for 285 yards, you know, doesn't turn the football over, and Tennessee wins by a couple scores, whoo, you talk about a good offseason. You talk about a good offseason for everybody, fans, me, <laughs> Volquest, I mean, everybody alive. I mean, that would be an awesome, awesome offseason for Tennessee football fans, kind of leading them into 2024. But I don't know what to expect from Nico. I truly don't, because I don't know how good this defense is for Iowa. I think it's good. Again, I think it's good on paper, but it's not seen the pace that you know Tennessee's going to show them on Monday in any other game this season. They've not seen some of the caliber of athletes on a consistent basis. You know, of course, Michigan's got some athletes, and there's some athletes in Big Ten. I mean, I'm not trying to act like there's not, and I know they play in the weaker division, but it's going to be a different type of ball game. So I'm intrigued to see exactly kind of what Nico looks like. I expect Nico to go out there. I expect them to make him look really, really good on the first couple of drives of the game when they're scripted. First drive of the game, first drive after halftime, I think Nico's going to look really good. But I'm intrigued to see what Nico looks like when you go off script. Drive four or five of the game. Drive three, four of the half. When you're going on play seven, eight of the drive. What does Nico look like in two-minute drill? Um, you know, What does Nico look like in the RPO game? He's smart. He's continued to get better as the year's gone on. Teammates can't say enough about him, you know, both on the record and off the record, certainly throughout the football season. So I don't know. I, I don't know what those expectations are. I'll tell you what mine are, I guess. I'm kind of expecting Nico to go in there and, you know, there might be a turnover. It's a good defense. You're a true freshman. It's your first start. I don't think it's going to be perfect. I think he's going to have a turnover, but I think he'll have more scoring plays than turnovers. So I'm expecting a total of maybe two touchdowns, maybe one rushing, maybe two touchdowns total or something, maybe an interception, but I think you'll throw for over, two, for over 200 yards. But more importantly, are you putting Tennessee's offense in position to be successful? That is my expectation, and I do believe that's going to happen with Nico Iamaliava. So um, looking good there, and um, I can't wait to see exactly what all this looks like. I will say, kind of going back to those names we mentioned earlier about the company of the four quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, Casey Clawson, Tyler Bray, and now Nico Imaliava, those four quarterbacks who um, are true freshmen to start a bowl game. Those other three went on to throw for 28,352 passing yards, 233 touchdowns, and a combined 118 games. So yeah, that is, uh, that is not bad company whatsoever right there. If you are going to be in that kind of company, maybe your career here at Tennessee is going to be uh, one of really, really... Really, really good stuff, and uh, obviously we can't wait to see, and it starts on Monday in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa. Hey, when we come back, we will take a look at um, what his teammates, what Nico's teammates are saying about him heading into the start in the Citrus Bowl against Iowa when we come back here on Lockdown Balls. Do you want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors? Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle, leveled up to peak performance from superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you're always going to find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money is back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need and the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive today with ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, guys, welcome back in there to your Friday edition of Locked On Vols. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Thanks so much for being here. Subscribing to Locked On Vols on the YouTube channel and downloading the show wherever you get your podcast. So, expectations for Tennessee. You know, I was talking with my buddy Oz the other day, and he was like, you know, you should go on there and talk about what your expect- what your expectations are. It won't matter because the expectations are going to be through the roof. They're going to be through the roof no matter what. The first incompletion, the first turnover. We're paying for this? Five-star my butt. You know, number one overall player? What are you talking about? That just That's part of fandom. But I think we're all super thrilled to see kind of what this looks like and the challenge it's going to be here because, again, this is not Vanderbilt. This is not an FCS opponent. This is not homecoming. This is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Sure, you don't have to score a lot of points to win this game, like I mentioned, but, you know, it, it, it's going to be against a, a competent defense, and the defense has got uh, kind of a lot of star power. So, what did Nico Iamaliava have to say Thursday after Citrus Bowl practice down in Orlando, Florida? What did he have to say about this opportunity, about getting the news that he's going to be the starting quarterback? You know, what his teammates are saying, saying all that and more. Here's kind of a mesh-up of what Nico said to the media uh, Thursday after practice, this is his first media appearance back, uh, really, since fall camp, whenever everybody kind of spoke. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it should be good, man. Um, you know, my first start uh, going against the top five defense, uh, you know, I'm ready ready for the challenge, and, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go out there and compete with my brothers. Huge, man. Um, you know, this whole season, you know, Joe took me under his wing, and, uh, you know, I've learned so much from Joe. Uh, you guys don't even know. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm just still having him here with, uh, with this bowl prep and um, having him out here in Orlando with us has been has been fun. So it was just me, you know, learning the playbook first, and you know I knew everything was going to slow down as soon as I got the offense down. So you know I think going into spring, um, the game will will be different than uh, last spring for sure. Really, just as a as a quarterback, um, as a man, I think I've grown huge uh, over this this past season. Um, you know I got a lot of cool guys in the room to help me out uh, with Coach Hype, Coach Joey, Coach Mitch. You know, so I really just been appreciative of the support they've gave me and um yeah they've I've, I've grown in so many ways going into the season you know uh just having joe i knew i knew i was going to be able to learn learn a lot learn how to be you know a college football player learn how to be a pro um so it was, it was huge for me to learn under joe this year i think i think as a quarterback you got to come with with everything you know quarterback comes with leadership quarterback comes with playing well so you know um going into the game i, I think i've always tried to lead um as a quarterback that's what you got to do you're the leader of the team so yeah, I think I think they responded well um, when Coach Hype told them. Um, and yeah, yeah, you know, I've tried to be good with all the guys uh, during my, my time here. So I think uh, I've built good relationships with all the guys throughout the season. When, you, when did you find out you were, you were going to be the guy? Uh, right when, when we got into, you know, bowl prep around Christmas time, yeah, around that time. I was excited, man. Um, you know, I finally get to get to go out there and you know showcase my talents uh, as a starter. So it should be fun. I think just seeing defense is better. Um, that was a huge thing for me. I really wanted to learn getting the coverages and, uh, you know, just break down defenses. I think in high school, you know, I, 
let a lot of my skill and talent uh, take over. Um, but I got to this level and really just learning defenses and, you know, where bodies are going has been, has been huge for me. Yeah, you know, they're, they're very um, disciplined and, um, you know, they make tackles in open field. Um, and, yeah, I think they're just a very disciplined team that does their job well. Um, from starting up front, going to their back end, I think they all do their job pretty well. So. Yeah, uh, you know, Joe, Joe's just, uh, he's an open book, man. I can ask him anything and, uh, you know, he has no problem with giving me the answer. Um, you know, he's been there for me since day one. So, you know, I really appreciate Joe. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get Brew back. Uh, it's, it's, it's huge, man. Um, you know, I think a guy like that coming back, um, he'll be the, the leader of the receiver room. You know, we'll be a little young next year. So just him coming back would be huge for me. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm working on it. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, Coach Hype always says it's the beginning of our 2024 season. So, you know, um, just going into this game, I think everybody's looking at it really as the first game of our year. So, yeah, this has been huge, man. And, um, you know, we're looking, we're looking forward to 2024. I think it, I think it's very easy. Um, you know, I've always been a guy to you know, next play type of guy. So, um, you know, I, I know I'm gonna go out there and make. I hope I don't make any mistakes. But you know, if it comes, it comes. You know, I gotta gotta have the next play mentality and uh, you know, get my guys and rally for that win. Yeah, I mean, you heard him right there. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. He said he hopes that he doesn't make any mistakes. But mistakes are going to happen. Nobody is perfect. Nobody has ever played a perfect football game. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest bowling fan, but in bowling, you bowl a 300. I mean, that's a perfect game, right? In baseball, there's been, you know, more than a couple now over the history of the sport, but there's been perfect games where nobody's reached base. But in football, literally no one has ever played a perfect game. Never. And so there's going to be a mistake made. And so how you respond from that again, Nico says, Hey, you know, next play mentality, next play mentality. It's good to hear that. Um, but you know, I, I can't wait to see it and, uh, see kind of where he is in this process. Again, true freshman first start. It's going to be a bowl game. It's gonna be a, a pretty nice bowl game. The citrus bowl against again, a good defense, as I've mentioned. So, uh, looking forward to that. You heard a couple other snippets there talking about the Iowa defense discipline, top to bottom from the front, all the way to the back. They play assignment football. We'll get into that personnel on Monday show. Uh, but discipline is what Nico would use to describe the Iowa defense one that's number four in scoring defense in the land. You, you saw right there towards the end as well. He said, hey, I'm on Brew. You know, Brew McCoy, I need him back. I want him back. <laughs> you know, I, I want him to be a part of what we got going on in 2024. And so, you know, Nico's already working on Brew McCoy as well. And then he, he said countless times about Joe right there. Joe's an open book. Joe's been there with me, th- you know, throughout the entire process. And I do think, I mean, this shouldn't go unnoticed, right? I mean, Joe Milton has been there. He has been, I mean, as I said back in earlier December, you know, when people were asking, is Joe going to play in the game? And I'm like, well, it looks like it because he's at practice right now. His comments after the Vanderbilt game really looked like he wanted to play in this game. He said, we got one more. He's been at practice. He made the trip to Orlando. He's not playing in this game. He's not going to be dressed, but he's there. He's working. He's going to be a resource for Nico. I think that that demonstrates what a VFL is, right? We talked about that on on, on the uh, Tuesday or Wednesday show earlier this week. I mean, that demonstrates what a teammate is. And so I think that's going to be monumental for Nico this week, obviously in the game on Monday. And then, you know, from there, Nico's got to step up and be the veteran in the room. All right. So you heard from Nico. What are his teammates saying about the opportunity to play with Nico in his first start? First, we'll hear from Bryson Eason. And then we're going to hear from Dylan Sampson on how excited they are for Nico Iamaliava. Uh, yeah, I believe in Nico 100%. Uh, my comparison, who, who I feel like he plays, like would be like a tall, 
real tall, uh, much taller Bryce Young, and just how smooth he is and things like that. And I think it's been fun. Nico gonna be great for us, and we're ready to see what um, goes after this game. Yes, sir. Oh man, we we all have great confidence in Nico. Um, you know, and uh, Joe's still been around helping, helping with the team, man. He's a true leader, but. You know, I think Nico's ready. Uh, you know, everybody has full faith and confidence in him, and I think it's just time to, you know, let him go. So, uh, you know, I'll be alongside him, helping him out. But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. So a lot of good stuff there again from Bryce Neeson and then Dylan Sampson saying they're excited, saying that Nico's ready. Even Dylan, you know, mentioning Joe again, that he's been around. He's been a great teammate, been a great resource. Um, I love the comparison there from uh, from Bryce Neeson saying it looks like a taller Bryce Young, uh, much, much taller, but his finesse, how nothing seems to make him panic. And, and again, in the brief time that we've seen Nico so far, that's something I've learned. His pocket presence is through the roof, through the charts. And I can't wait to see when he is pressured, when he is flustered in the pocket, kind of how he evades, how he escapes, how he extends. Um, that's been something really, really cool to see from Nico in the brief, brief time that we got to see him so far you know, play in, the, in, in in some Mop of Duty games in 2023. All right, uh, we're going to go to um, the uh, the Iowa on three sites, Hawkeye Report, and we're going to take a look. This is an article from them. They kind of broke down starters for the Citrus Bowl and where they were coming out of high school in terms of three-star, four-star, five-star. That in a moment here on Locked on Vol. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss anything. We got a whole lot coming up here to uh, to end the show. Do want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks? As I was kind of rambling there to search for the uh, uh, the out cue here to take us to the library, but Prize Picks phenomenal product, largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, easiest, most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You all you have to do is pick more than or less than your two to six player snap projection. And you watch those winning roll in, you know, over the f- course of the football season, I've had so much fun winning up to 25 times my money. Um, and now you can do that during basketball season as well. You just select two or more players. You pick more than or less than the projected stats, place your entry and watch your roll in with basketball season here. You can do combo projections across football and basketball. These bowl games, NBA, college basketball, uh, you know, that's, that's in the specials league. Go check that out. For an example, LeBron James, Travis Kelsey, 10 and a half combo, three-pointers made, and receptions. That is a whole lot of fun. Plus, if you go to pricepicks.com right now, slash college and use that promo code LockedOnCollege, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. Not 90 not 50 not 180 either. It's up to $100 on your first deposit by going to pricepicks.com slash college. Two to six player stat projections. Price Picks will tell you what you, they think. You say more than or less than. It's so much fun. www.pricepicks.com slash college. Promo code locked on college for an instant deposit match up to $100. All that and more. That is at Price Picks. All right, guys, we got a final segment left here this Friday edition of Locked On Vols. Thank you so much for being here and kind of kind of hanging out with me as I'm continuing to kind of get my voice back. Um, should hopefully be back to, to, to full strength here on Monday's episode. Um, you know, as the day goes on, my voice kind of gets a little little wary, but uh, hey, that's part of it, as I've uh, mentioned countless times over the week. But thank you so much for uh, sticking with me throughout this process. I do want to uh, kind of run by a, an article that I mentioned, Hawkeye Report put out there, and I thought it was interesting. Starters in this football game and where they were coming out of high school. So I kind of broke it down here. Actually, Hawkeye Report broke it down here. We will start with Tennessee. And remember, there's a whole lot of opt-outs. There's some injuries as well. And so this isn't the true 
starting lineup and, and kind of what we saw for game one. But as we go throughout here, quarterback, Nico was a former five-star prospect. These are according to the on three industry rankings, okay? Nico Iamaliava, five-star. Dylan Sampson, a four-star. Jacob Warren, a three-star. Squirrel White, a four-star. Chaz Nimrod, a three-star. Romel Keaton, a four-star. Offensive line, John Campbell was a three-star way back when in the Reagan administration because he's been in college forever. He was a three-star. I think he's obviously kind of kind of been a better prospect than that. Ollie Lane was a three-star. Cooper Mays was a four-star out of Knoxville Catholic. And Jackson Lampley was a four-star along with Gerald Mincy, who was a three-star. So if you look at Tennessee's offense, Tennessee has one five-star, five four-stars, and then three, or excuse me, five three-stars as well. So five four-stars, five three-stars, and one five-star. And of course, that one five-star was Nico Iamaliava. But remember, you know, um, Joe Milton, I think, was a four-star coming out of high school, so that would kind of be a minus one. Jalen Wright, I believe, was a three-star, so Dylan Sampson's actually higher than him. Jabari Small was a three-star. Jacob Warren's a three-star. McCallum Castles, I would imagine, was a three-star as well. Squirrel Y was a four-star, okay? Um, Brew McCoy was a five-star. So if Brew McCoy was in the starting lineup and not injured, that would be another tick, you know, in the five-star column for Tennessee. Look at the offensive line as well. Um, you know, Javante Spragans, I believe, was a four-star. He might have been a three-star. Uh, but he's obviously not playing, and Jackson Lampley's playing and plays him. But Jackson Lampley was highly rated coming out of high school. Again, he was a four-star prospect. So kind of interesting there. Some injuries kind of, you know, make – you know, make make this a little not valid, but then again, it's, you know, players got to go play. On the defensive side of the football for Tennessee, no Tyler Barron, so Dominic Bailey will start in his place. And remember, this is a rotational position, but Dominic Bailey was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. Carrot Garland, who's a part of that rotation, but Bryson Eason would be in there ahead of him. They have Carrot Garland here as a three-star, but it'd be Bryson Eason who is a four-star. Um, Amari Thomas was a four-star. James Pierce was a four-star. <clears throat> Look at the linebackers. Elijah Herring and Aaron Beasley both were three-star prospects. Aaron Beasley was a three-star athlete who played a little safety, played a little running back, and then, of course, he found a home at linebacker. Uh, You go on to the defensive backfield. Jordan Thomas was a one-time Mississippi State commit. He flipped to Tennessee. He was a three-star prospect. Gabe Judy Lawley, a three-star prospect. Ricky Gibson, four-star. Jalen McCullough was a four-star. Andre Turrentine was a four-star. So... If you look at the defense for Tennessee, no five-star, six four-stars, and five three-stars, okay? And again, these are the on-three industry rankings. Industry rankings where they kind of do the weighted average across all the uh, the, the four publications. So on offense, Tennessee had one five-star, starters in the Citrus Bowl, five four-stars, and five three-stars. On defense, Tennessee had no five-stars, six four-stars, and five three-stars. So let's take a look at Iowa, shall we? What about the Hawkeyes? Of course, we'll learn more of the personnel on Monday heading into the matchup. Quarterback Deacon Hill, three-star prospect. Running back LaShawn Williams, three-star prospect. Tight end Addison Ostrenga, three-star prospect. Steven Stelonos, who's another tight end, was an unranked player. Wide receivers, Caleb Brown, a four-star prospect. Nico Raganini was a three-star prospect. Offensive lineman, 
Mason Richmond was a three-star prospect. Rusty Feth was a three-star prospect. Logan James is a four-star prospect. Connor Colby was a four-star prospect. And Gennings Dunker was a three-star prospect. So that is the offense for Iowa. You break it down, no five-stars, three four-stars, and eight, eight, no, excuse me, seven, seven three-stars and one unranked player. So no five-stars, three four-stars, seven three-stars, and one unranked player. So kind of the difference there. You'll see it even more here on defense. Let's go to Iowa's defense. Deontay Craig, three-star. Yaya Black, three-star. Logan Lee, three-star. Joe Evans, unranked. Jay Higgins, who's their best player on defense, is a tackle machine, a three-star. Nick Jackson, three-star. Sebastian Castro, three-star. Deshaun Lee is a three-star. Jamari Harris, a three-star. Xavier Nakamba, four-star. Quinn Shute, unranked, a former walk-on. And again, this is the number four scoring defense in the country. Of the starters on defense for Iowa, no five-stars, only one four-star. Only one four-star, eight three-stars, and two unranked players. So again, this just goes to show you it's all about fit. It's all about development. I work for a recruiting service, okay? I work for VolQuest.com, which is an on three affiliate. You know, we make our money by talking recruiting. Never forget that. That is just like recruiting is the the lifeline of any college football program. Recruiting is the lifeline of VolQuest.com. I know that. But it's all about development. It just kind of goes to show you when you go to a school and it's the right fit and you get the right coaches to develop you and you stick through it, your rankings might not matter. Again, this defense, it's number four in the country in scoring. No five stars. One four star, eight three stars, and two unranked players. I thought that was really interesting. Of course, going into the Citrus Bowl, Tennessee and Iowa. That game's coming up at one o'clock. Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida for the Citrus Bowl, and I thought that'd be something to kind of kind of talk about here to end our Friday show. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Nico Train continues to roll on into the weekend. Nico's going to get his first start for Tennessee. It's going to be in the Citrus Bowl. One of only four true freshman quarterbacks ever to start a bowl game for Tennessee. I'm going to be watching it, and I know you're going to be watching it as well. Can't wait to see that. We'll break down every single, we'll preview every single angle of this game coming up on Monday's show to get you set for kickoff. Until then, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks so much. This has been Locked On Balls.